we're starting a brand new series today. One to kick off the new year, but most importantly, to kick off this next decade. It's not for just us here at Church at the Bridge, but it's for our lives individually. And friends, this series is about what the Lord is leading us into as we look towards the future as his church, as his people, and for his purposes. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but you were created with purpose for a purpose. You were created with purpose for a purpose. You're not just created by osmosis to just kind of meander through life and just exist. No, we ha- there's a purpose for our existence. And as we continue to press towards what God shows us in his word, friends, we begin to discover that in steps, in stages. And so this series, while we're talking about moving into the future as a church, we're also talking about moving into the future as God's people, towards what he wants for us. And so while I believe that every message rightly taught from the scriptures is powerful, and we strive our very best to do that, we're not here to give you opinions. We're not here to tell you what God says on behalf of God. Trust me, we don't sit that high in the spectrum when it comes to God. His word is sufficient to speak to us. The truth in his word is sufficient and capable to enlighten us. And so today as we lean into the message, don't lean into my words. Don't trust what I tell you. Go back to the scriptures. If you have the app, use it. You'll be able to jot down some notes there. If you've got a phone, use it. Take down some notes. Why? Because what we write, we remember. What we write, we retain. What we write, we can ponder, right? We can consider. And so in this new year, we believe that this year, 2024, this may sound cliche, but really we do believe that 2024 is a year for more, more of God's purposes, more of God's leading, more discernment towards what God has for you and I, more for what God wants to do in this community, in this region and beyond, more in terms of your relationship with him, more in terms of how he wants to use you in greater measure in different areas of life. I don't know about you, but that excites me because last time I checked, stagnant waters stink. Stagnant waters do not produce life. In fact, stagnant waters produce struggle. And so God wants to do more in our lives and for the remainder of our lives. And so we believe that 2024 is a year of more, more for this ministry, more for your life, more for our growth and maturity, really. More to experience in God's blessings, but also to advance his agenda, his desires for people to find hope, for people to heal, not just to experience religion, right? And so we believe that God is about to surpass our expectations as a church. We believe that God is about to surpass your expectations as his people. We believe that we're about to walk in a more significant measure of divine favor as God opens doors of opportunities that we cannot earn or coordinate. We believe that for the last 10 years while we've sowed faithfully that God is now doing something greater. We've sowed faithfully. We've served sacrificially. We've believed for the supernatural. And we really have seen the miraculous. But the reality is that we're just getting started. We're just getting started. And and I don't know where you might be on this journey of faith and walking with Jesus. But can I tell you, no matter how much you grow and how much you know, There's really much more to go. There's really much more to grow. So don't let this shock you. 
Don't, don't take this as a prosperity message, right? It is God's will for you and I to prosper, but it's spirit, soul, and body. He wants to advance us in every area of our lives. And so I believe that what we have today is a word inspired by the Holy Spirit from his word for us. And I want you to hear what the scripture says in Haggai chapter 2, verse 19. It says, I am giving you a promise. A promise. The scripture tells us that God's promises are yes and amen. Here's what it means. What, what it means is that when God promises something, his answer to it, when you question it, is yes. Yes, it's true. His response to it is amen. The word amen means so be it. It will be done. And so the scripture tells us, I am giving you a promise now while the seed is still where? In the barn. Still in the barn. You have not yet harvested your grain and your grapevines. You have not harvested your fig trees and pomegranates and olive trees. They have not yet produced their crop. But from this day onward, listen to what the scripture says. I will bless you. 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 And I want you to consider this. That every one of these seeds in their various state and stage of growth and maturity are all in a holding pattern. They're all in a holding pattern. Look at the scripture for yourself. What we see here is that we have some seed that's in the barn. In other words, it's, it's, it's not yet even sown. There's other seed that's in the ground. But it has not yet produced a harvest. It's not ready for the harvest. And yet there's other seed that has matured, much like trees, but it has not yet produced its fruit. But all of the seeds in their various states have this one thing in common. They're blessed. They're blessed. And the blessing of God has nothing to do with what you feel. The blessing of God has nothing to do with what you have. The blessing of God has nothing to do with what you accomplish and, or how many degrees you have or how many doors are open to you. The blessing of God is something that is commanded on you. And I want you to see that even the seed that's not producing in this moment carries a commanded blessing. You are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed. And let me just say this to you. I do not apologize for telling you that. And I can guarantee you that God does not apologize for telling you that. You are blessed. And why is that important? Because all seed has a blessing, a commanded blessing to produce. To produce. All seed is created to produce. Today I want to talk to you out of the scriptures as we lean into God's word. Again, I bring you no opinion. I want to talk to you today on the topic of the harvest is here. The harvest is here. Tell three people that you didn't come with. The harvest is here. Yeah, the harvest is here. The harvest is here. The harvest is here. And, I'm, and, and, and I know that's weird for some of us because it's like, wait, what are we talking about? Harvest? What are we, farmers here? Right? You must understand something. Jesus came announcing a kingdom that was come. He said, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's already available. We're not waiting for it to return. We're not, we're not waiting for it to happen. 
But the only way that the kingdom comes, that we see the will of God released, is when we understand that our lives are very much seed. Seed. Each and every one of us is intended to produce fruit. And Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you and I appointed you to bear much fruit. Fruit that lasts. In other words, I didn't just create you just to exist. I didn't just create you just to make it one day at a time. I didn't create you for struggle. That's, e that's the equivalent of a strangle. I created you to press through. I created you to grow through. I created you for more. I have so much more in store for you. So I know you're wondering about this harvest. But harvest is only possible where there's a seed. Let me put it to you this way. This apple is the result of a seed that was sown. As a matter of fact, this is one of many apples that came from one seed. Just one seed. But you see, you'll never, have you ever seen a seed sown? I mean, think back to like kindergarten, first grade, when they make you do those little silly you know, science projects where you sow the seed and you would go every day and look at it and go, it's not growing. Something's not, why is it not working? Mom, it needs more water. Some of us killed those seeds, right? You know what I'm talking about because you were just like me. But I guarantee you that as you watch that seed, you never saw a seed fight to get out of the ground. But here's what you did see. The fight, you saw the seed fight to remain in the ground. And how did it do that? By growing its roots. I remember years ago, Pastor Ned and I, uh, we took a couple of days and we went out to Mohonk Mountain um, out in the Catskills. And, you know, we rented out a real nice room and all that. And we just took some time in the middle of winter. Not the best time to go out there. It was really cold. Right? But we went out there and uh, we took a couple of days just to reflect, uh, to reflect, refresh Right, and just gain some more perspective and just get along with God and each other. And so while we were out there, I found this little nook that became my little spot. In the dead of winter, I found, while walking, this cliff that was alongside by the water that's there, the lake that's there. And, and this, there were these stairs that were carved out of the stone with, a, with a, a rail. And you came down and then there was this little nook where you just had this one seat made out of stone, a bench. And you had the rails, and you, over, you, you overlooked the entire water, and you saw the mountains and everything. And I would sit there, and I would read. And I would meditate on the scriptures. And I remember that particular morning, I was reflecting, I believe, on Psalm chapter 1, where it talks about how the tree that's planted by streams of living water, it, it produces in its season, and its fruit, and its leaf comes, and it does not wither. And as I was meditating on that, I happened to look out the corner of my eye, and I saw something odd. I saw a tree. Literally a tree growing out of this cliff. And I'm saying to myself, how is that possible? And in that moment, I really do believe that God gave me revelation. Let me tell you something about seeds. Seeds will always find ground. How did that tree grow out of that rock? Let me tell you how it grew out of that rock. That seed understood 
I am created to bear fruit. And so it pressed through a cliff. It pressed through crevices until it found just enough dirt that its roots could grab a hold so that it could begin to grow. My friend, I am telling you today that if you would step forward and you would see your life as a seed and you would plant yourself in the things of God and you would plant yourself in the things that produce growth in you and you would plant yourself amongst the right people and you would plant yourself in the right settings, you would produce much fruit no matter what mountain, no matter what person, no matter what devil, no matter what thing comes against you. God has created you to bear much fruit. So this harvest is here. It's me and you. It's me and you. And God wants to do great things in your life and mine. And like the seed in Haggai 2.19, we may not still yet fully see the fruit of the seeds here at Church of the Bridge. You may not see the fruit yet in your life, but you must know this. God is cultivating it. God is cultivating it. We may still face struggles, but God is setting us up for success. While we're still waiting, God is still working. While we're still praying, God is still performing. And while we are still sowing, God is still growing. He's still growing us. But you see, friend, while blessing, abundance, favor, increase, prosperity, and all these things that are commanded blessing of God are in your hands. And God is cultivating that. You and I have to be like the seed that cooperates with the ground. We have to cooperate. We have to understand that our lives are meant to be sown. And as we sow ourselves, we grow. The first point that I want to leave you here for the next couple of moments that I have is that if we're going to do that, that we must be loyal to the soil. Loyal to the soil. That sounds like a t-shirt. We, we might have to make a t-shirt out of that one. We have to be loyal to the soil. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Seed only grows and reaches its full potential. It fully matures in soil. Seeds are loyal to the ground that they are sown into and to the process that it takes for them to mature, for them to bear fruit. And in the same manner, you and I must be loyal to the soil. We have to be loyal. We have to be planted, right? And as we do, like that seed that was in that cliff, we will grow, we will mature over the course of time. Let me give you some scripture regarding this, lest you think I'm just giving you an idea here. Matthew 13, 31 and 32, the Lord Jesus says this. He told them another parable. This is speaking about Jesus. And it says that Jesus said to us and to them, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. He planted this in his field. And though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree. So that the birds come and perch in its branches. I want you to consider what Jesus is implying to us. What he's trying to teach us from a very practical sense of life about what God wants to do, not just spiritually, but practically in our lives. What is he saying to us? What he's saying to us is that life is much like a seed. 
And while the things that we possess and the things, the things that we can do in life and the responses that we employ towards God in faith seem small, when we sow those small things, when we take small, consistent, willing steps with God in response to his truth, in response to what he's teaching us, in response to the pull that he, he's pulling on us to grow, something happens. We go from a seed. From a seed that appears useless because it's so small to a momentous, tremendous, huge tree that provides shade, that provides dwelling, that provides fruit for the birds of the air and people. I want you to consider what God is saying. Use your life like the seed and sow it. And as you sow yourself, watch what I do. Watch what I can do in your life and through your life. The mustard seed teaches us a few things. Every harvest starts with tiny seeds sown, sown in faith. It's the little things that we do with great faith. It's the hidden motives that drive the things, uh, why we do things. It's the small steps that we take in reverence of God that no one sees but God sees. It's the small yet consistent things that we do to honor God and obey the, the, what he's commissioning us to in this house and in our individual lives. In other words, small seeds sown in faith lead to big impact. Because they have a compound effect. Let me tell you what I mean by that. In 1983, there's a guy named Lorne Whitefield who wrote a, uh, he, he conducted some academic research on what's known today as the domino effect, right? And for most of us, what we think about when we think about the domino effect is setting up a bunch of little dominoes and you push them and they have an effect and they push everything else. No, actually, what his research revealed was that the domino effect is that a two-inch domino can push, can, can knock down a domino that's one and a half times its size. Now, that doesn't sound like a great big thing, but compounded by, by stature and according to that metric, one domino that's two inches can push three and a half, three and a half can push almost six, and it continues on and on. By the time you get to domino number 32, according to this metric, you can knock down the World Trade Center. What am I talking about? What I'm saying to you is that our faith, our seed, while it seems small, when it is sown, it has the ability to push past its size and grow to such an extent that as we continue to take steps, we begin to see things that seem bigger, more impossible, that seem like they'll never change, begin to topple down. Why? Because when you take steps of faith, no matter how small they are, God is going to move mountains. God makes a way. God sustains you. God helps you every step of the way. So we would be wise to consider that if we continue to do little things, like they're big things, like they can make a big impact, God will do big things because we are faithful in the little. Because we are. And for that reason, we have to stay loyal to the soil. We have to stay loyal to the soil. Let me give you an example of what it takes to stay loyal to the soil. Philippians 2 verses 
uh, 3 and 4, and then we're going to skip over to verse 21. It says, do nothing out of what? Say that with me. Selfish ambition. Oh, that, that didn't quite roll off the tongue very well. We don't like that. Mm -mm -mm. I'll tell you why, because our number one priority primarily in life is me, 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 me. It's all about me. It's me. It's what I want. It's what I see. It's what I aspire to. It's what I dream about. It's what, I, it's what I'm planning. He says, do nothing out of, of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value who? Others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. For everyone looks out for their own interests. Not those of Jesus Christ. That's what we tend to do. Oh, we believe in God, but does our belief match our actions? Right? Here's how it works in the kingdom of God. Notice that when we take interest in others, right, not only are we esteeming their value, but it actually does something for our lives. Think of it this way. You would be unwise to take money and put it in a bank account where you get no interest. None. But when we take interest in the lives of others, like the small seed sown, it expands, it matures, it multiplies. When we take interest in others, it compounds to such an extent that it brings back a greater return. You will never go wrong sowing yourself into the life of another. You will never go wrong helping someone else. You can never go wrong blessing someone else. You can never go wrong helping someone else to mature and grow and discover new things. Why? Because God promises that that will come back to you in greater measure. The next thing I want to leave you with here is that we must grow where we are called to go. You know, oftentimes we focus on where we want to go, where we want to grow to. But we want the promise without the process. We want promise without process. And friends, here at Church of the Bridge, one thing that we believe and we know is that one of the reasons why we had to purchase this facility before we could undertake anything else to serve the community and the region in a greater fashion is because God gave us this building as territory. Now, I know that that sounds a little weird, but let me tell you what I'm talking about. From a spiritual perspective, but also a very natural perspective. Whenever God commissioned his people to go to a region, to be his hands and feet, to be the light of the world, to be the salt of the earth. I'm thinking about J Joshua right now. When he sent him into the promised land, what he told Joshua was, wherever you set your feet, I have given to you. And Joshua stepped into this promised land, but Joshua still had to tend to it. They still had to do something in that land. While the blessing was there and the promise was there and it produced for them, they had to be faithful there. And friends, whatever you, wherever you're planted, you have to grow there before you can go anywhere else. And as a church, we understand that the reason why we had to purchase this facility is because we hadn't yet staked a claim in this city. We were here. But something happens when you plant yourself in such a way that you say, we're here to stay. And look, I'm not taking anything away from any other churches. God bless them. I pray that they increase and they multiply and that God use them greatly to bring hope, to bring healing, to bring help to the lives of people. But I can only respond for what God has called us to do here at Church at the Bridge.
And here at Church of the Bridge, here's what we've done in purchasing this facility. This is a beginning. Here's what we've done. We have made an open declaration to people in this city and this entire region. We have made an open declaration to government officials in this city and this entire region. And we have made a declaration to every heavenly host, every demon, every evil, wicked thing that may come against people in this city and in this region. That the kingdom of God is come and God's will will be done. It will be done. We believe that with all our hearts. And so in the same way that Joshua and the people of Israel had to stake their claim, we have to do the same. And so we purchased this facility, but now we have to be faithful with this facility. And let me just say this as a preface to what I'm about to say. Don't worry, we're not taking another offering. We don't play those spiritual semantics. We don't manipulate the word to manipulate people. But I am going to announce something that we are going to be doing in the near future going forward. Listen to what Haggai chapter 2 verses 2 through 5 says. This is what the Lord Almighty says. The Lord Almighty says this, not us. It says, the people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. In other words, it's not, it's not a good time. It's not convenient to take care of God's house. It's not convenient to do what God wants us to do. It's not convenient to set the foundation and lay the groundwork and do the things, the small things that are like seeds that will produce much harvest in years to come. It's not time. That's what people were saying. And then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai, and he's, this is what he says. He says, is it a time for you yourself to build, to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains in ruins? And he says this, now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. In other words, just on a practical level, here's what it means. Reconsider that. Reconsider that. Why should we reconsider that? Because the truth is that God is in the business of showing up through people. Through people. God shows up through people. He came in the form of a man to save people. And he has not stopped doing things that way. And so there is something that God wants to do in you, through you, and through this house. And to do that, we have to be like seed that is loyal to the soil and faithful to let God do what he wants to do here. And so to step into where the Lord God is calling us to go as a church and in our lives personally like seeds, we must grow what the Lord has given us to steward. Not just in this church, but in our lives. And we must take care of his house and wherever he apportions to us. And so in the next few weeks, don't worry, we're not taking another offering. In the next few weeks, I am going to announce a campaign that we're going to undertake. Let me tell you why. And, and for anybody, anyone here who knows this, you know that this is very hard for me. This is where my pride gets in the way. You know, one, you know it's one thing that I am horrible at? It's being honest about the challenges that sometimes we undergo. Very, I'm very, I'm, 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 my pride gets in the way there. But in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to make an announcement on a campaign that we're going to undertake. And the reason why we're going to undertake it is not simply for the purpose of beautifying a building. It's not simply for the purpose of, 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 
of creating a space where more people can come in, in some different ways, which you're going to hear in a second. But what we're really after is increasing the opportunity and the ability for people to know Christ. That's what this is about. That's what this is about. Now, I grew up in that church where it was about your offering. <laughs> I've been there. It was about beating you with the Bible, telling you how bad you were, and then telling you you can pay to be better. You can pray this to be better. I've been there. I know what that feels like. But we just celebrated 10 years of God's faithfulness in this house. Amen. Come on. You can give God some praise for that. We celebrated becoming 10 years old, but, but what we will accomplish collaboratively through this campaign going into the next 10 years is not about 10 years old. It's about the next 10 years being bold. Advancing in a way that really creates significant impact. For those of you that have been in this house for any length of time, You've heard me say this from the very beginning. I've always declared this, and I don't, I'm not backing down from this. This facility will be an epicenter of impact for this community. There will be programs that run through here. There's some things that we already do that we will just enhance to expand service to people and equip people to prepare them for different stages of life. But this next 10 years has a lot to do with what we do right now. Really. And so this campaign that we're going to endeavor to, to, to take on in the next couple of weeks, that we're going to start in the next couple of weeks, is going to be for three years. Don't let this scare you. But we're going to raise $1.5 million. And I'm going to tell you why we're going to raise $1.5 million. I'm going to tell you why we're going to raise $1.5 million. The first phase, the, the first thing that's going to happen is we're going to start with this building. Right? We need to expand room here. Look, I love that you guys love being so close-knit together. But let's be honest. We need to create some more room. Right? So phase one is, has already started. You'll see in a second. The first thing that we're doing is beautify, uh, 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 renovating the offices. And the reason why we're renovating, and I hope this doesn't change your opinion of me, for ten, almost 10 years... We've been in substandard work conditions upstairs in our offices. I mean, if Department of Labor showed up, they'd probably lock me up. How dare you have space heaters for people with no heat for almost 10 years? You love me, right? Good. I'm, I'm glad. Please don't let that change your opinion of me. Part of it was we did not have permissions from the previous owner to do certain things. But now it's open season, so we're going to start with the offices, right? For, for those of you that have come in for any type of meeting or counseling, I, I bite the bullet to, to my embarrassment. We've met on the second floor on high-top high, high table bar tables, right, to meet, to, to talk, to counsel, because the office space upstairs was not convenient. Let me show you what it used to look like real quick. Let's just play that real quick. Looks a little tight, right? You might be able to see, but there's some, there's a hole right there in the ceiling. There's some watermarks. There's a bunch of stuff. And we've, we've faithfully done this. We've faithfully been there. But we are not people that just talk about walking with Jesus. We walk this talk. So while I'm telling you this, let me show you what we already started this past Monday. 
Blessed guys, as you just decreed, we are stepping into the next 10 years. And one of the things that we're doing is we're starting with phase one, which is our office space. Now, for the last 10 years, we have had a office space that is less than acceptable for a working space. Well, we're changing that. We're believing God for greater things. And we're going to start with our offices. So let me kind of give you an idea of what's going on. These are our contractors. Come on, guys. Give away. Hey, if you're watching this, give them an applause. They're doing a great job. We're just starting. So I want you to see what we're doing here. We're going to create office space for our pastors. Never had an office in this building, right? And then what's going to end up happening is these are going to be office spaces. But in this area right here, if you could just pan it. In this area here, what's going to end up happening is we're going to have conference room space for staff meetings and community meetings. We're going to have workstations along this wall for the staff so people will have dedicated desks. In this common area here where the guys are sandy, we're going to have a lounge area where people can come up. And then we're also going to have a media station on this end. We're going to have a media station on this end to project different things for meetings. Then we're going to have a copy station. And then we'll have some um, additional storage space. And let me show you one more thing we're going to have. We're going to have a workable bathroom, which is going to be changed all around. So thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your support. And thank you for believing in all that God has called us to. It's going to be the next 10 years. are going to be great. We can't wait to see all that God has in store. Thank you for your faithfulness. God bless you guys. So phase one is already in motion. Phase two is in the spring, and we're going to have to redo our entire roof. If you've been here any length of time, you can remember the moments where we had leaks. And you were so gracious, you took them with a smile. I remember one Sunday, I don't know if any of you were here, some of you might have been here. The leak was so bad, we could do nothing about it. We went to Home Depot and got tarps and put them around and kind of made them seem like it was a decoration and it was full of water. It was hilarious. It really wasn't. But you know what? We've, we've stayed faithful, but we're going to, phase two is going to be our roof. Phase three, we hope to start in the end of the spring going into the summer. What we want to do is renovate this space right here. We want to remove all this stuff, move it, move it all out, clear it out so we have more seating. We'll have a cafe area. We'll have a welcome center area. And then we also want to expand our bridge kids department and give them another two classrooms because our kids are overrunning us, man. You guys, like, take seriously what the Bible says that you want to populate the earth. And that's all right. We're cool with that. But we need space for our kids, right? We need more space. And then phase four is going to be our second uh, floor area. We're going to redo the flooring, redo a bathroom over there, open things up a little bit more. And then we're also going to reface the building outside. We're going to beautify that. Why are we going to do this? Because people matter. Because people matter. I can't respond for anyone else. But I would just say this humbly, as humble as I can say this. We are committed. We're loyal to this soil and to the people that God has apportioned to us in this city and beyond. And we're going to create a space. I believe that in order for people to know a God they've never known, they have to see something they've never seen. We're going to do that for this city and beyond. Amen? Come on and give God some praise. So how does that tie into the bigger picture? The reason why we're going to raise $1.5 is because we're going to dedicate about $500,000 to, to what we want to do here. We want to dedicate another $500,000 
to saving towards the future. Let me tell you what I mean by that. We want to have 5000 in the bank along with the collateral value of this building. And why do I say that? Because in three years, we're going to pay this building off. We're going to pay it off. The Bible says that we're not called to be slaves to the lender. That in fact, we're supposed to be the ones that they come borrow from. And so we're going to pay this building off, right? We're going to pay this building off. And just so you know, this building is worth over a million. We bought it for six fifty. That's the favor of God. So we're going to pay this building off in three years. And then the other 500000 outside of paying this off is going to be towards using that along with the collateral uh, value of this building to purchase something bigger for the sake of reaching more people. I don't know about you, but I'm interested in giving a devil punch in his eye, a black eye, right, and serving people in a greater capacity. So we're going to be doing that. A couple of other things I want to just mention to you in terms of um, preparing for the next 10 years and beyond is we're going to launch this year in 2024 our Community Development Corporation. It's already in existence, and it'll be, it's called the Bridge Community Development Corporation. That will facilitate the ability to create programming, and it may even help us with this facility uh, if we do this right. And so get ready for that, because some of you have experience. Some of you have knowledge. Some of you have resources. Some of you have relationships that can help push that forward for the sake of reaching people in service to Christ, but in service to them. And But the last thing that we're going to do, not the last thing, but one of the next things that we're going to do in addition is in the spring, we're going to be adding a third service. We're going to be adding a third service. We have to. We have to. Right now, it's not as snug as it usually is. That's all right. First service, I mean, between both services, it gets really snug, right? And I know you guys love each other, but I don't, I, I don't love you enough to sweat next to you all the time, right? So here's what's going to happen. We're going to go to a third service, and what I'm going to ask is from our first and second service, I'm going to need probably about 10 to 15 people that will commit to going to that third service. And they say, that's the service I'm going to attend. Not just for the sake of you attending, but those people will commit to seeking others, to serving others, and bringing them to the house, that they might know Jesus, that may, they may find hope, that they may experience healing, and that we may continue to see God work in the lives of others. Amen? Amen. Come on, man. We're going to do this together. As we close here today, I want to leave you with a final point. And it's this, that we cannot plant seeds with closed fists. Our lives are not meant to look like this. Last time I checked, most often when we clench our fists, it's because we're holding something that we're not supposed to be holding on to or we're hurting someone. And I want you to think about a farmer who sows seed with closed hands. He can't expect a harvest. See, the harvest is here when we understand that our lives are given to us as seed to sow. And yes, it also provides for us to have bread to eat. But our lives are meant to be sown. And if that's going to happen, then we must understand this. According to 2 Corinthians 6, verses 11 through 13, listen to what the Apostle Paul says in verse 11. He says, we have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. 
We've opened wide our hearts to you. In other words, we're not just preaching this gospel. We're giving you our hearts in every regard. We're serving you in every way. We're making sacrifices. We're doing all with an open heart towards you. But there was an issue there. He says, we're not withholding our affection from you. Now, this is relating to them. But, hey, if the shoe fits today, please don't wear it anymore. It's time to take those shoes off and change it. He says this, we're not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. So he goes on to say, as a fair exchange, I speak as to my children. Open wide your hearts also. Open hands. Seeds that produce are a result of people that have open hearts. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that someone came along as a vessel of God who came with an open heart and cared for me enough to love me, to help me, to encourage me, to lift me. And I know that we all have someone like that. We've all experienced that in some capacity. You see, open hearts lead to open hands, which open the pathways to new life. And so today, as we stand and we come to a close, I want to encourage you to release the fruit of your seed. Oftentimes, we look at our lives much like this apple. <laughs> we want fruit. Fruit is good. Hold this for me, brother. Help, help a brother out. Just keep that right there for me. <laughs> we want fruit. Don't worry. I'm not going to do anything to him. It's for the apple. And while we want fruit, and this is what we focus on in life, God sees differently. God sees the seed in you. You see, it's the seed in you that holds the promise of the fruit that's meant to come through your life. And so, friend, instead of chasing fruit, and what benefits me, my four, and no more. Why not see what God sees? The harvest is here because the harvest exists within you. It's the seeds you sow with your life. Amen. Come on and give God some praise if you believe that. Let's take a moment to talk to God. What good is truth? If it doesn't produce change. I want to ask you something as we close today. We've considered the word of God. Not my opinion, but what the scriptures say. And I want to encourage us all to take a moment with God. And really be honest and ask God, God, what, what are you teaching me? What are you teaching me that I've been unaware of, that I have not learned yet? God, what, what, what are you correcting me in? Maybe I've been going wrong in an area, and I've, and I've just been doing this all wrong. Maybe it's, it's been all about me. Maybe it's, you know, uh, I, I've never considered that God has a purpose and a plan for my life, that God is actually more than just a book and what I'm told by someone. Maybe it's God is showing you a new way. And maybe, just maybe, 
It's God, what are you telling me to do from this point? How do I apply this? Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.